Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Adam Leipzig. He's the founder and CEO of The Media U, as well as co-author of Filmmaking in Action, Your Guide to the Skills and Craft. And he's also an adjunct professor at the Cal University of California Berkeley Haas School of Business. Adam, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here with you today. So let's dive in because you're a big storyteller, but, but before that, since you've had a lot of experiences in business, I'm curious why you chose to go back and, and teach in, in school. You know, I have had the privilege of sitting at just about every seat of the grand banquet table of entertainment and filmed media. Uh, I've been uh, an executive, a producer, a distributor, a financier. I've worked at big companies like Disney and National Geographic. I've uh, made uh, very, very multi-million dollar movies and tiny documentaries for $30,000. I've really had a 360 degree view of the business. And the last seat is the education seat. And that was the seat I hadn't yet sat in. Uh, after I left National Geographic, um, Macmillan, the publishing company, reached out to me, asked me to be the lead author on that book you just mentioned, Filmmaking in Action. To do that, um, because I, it was, it's a textbook for universities, I wanted to learn how students wanted to learn. So I started teaching because students are spectacular at teaching you how they wish to be taught, how best they can learn, how best they can receive training. Um, and that got me into really rethinking the entire training and education space uh, in general and for media specifically, about how do we really reinvent and improve that. And what did you find when you were asking students how they want to learn? Because that's fascinating. Because again, when I went to college, all I saw was a professor getting onto the stage giving them the lesson, showing some graphs and charts, say, read this on page 53, and then, by the way, your test is next week. You know, So that's the traditional way of didactic teaching. So for you, what did you learn about what students want to learn how to? I, I love that you just gave that example because that's the example of exactly what students do not want. They want the absolute <laughs> inverse of that. Um, what students want is action, activity, and practice. And they, and um, one of the things that I found as an educator is that uh, the more students work, the more they actually do things and practice, and in some ways, therefore, the less you as a teacher do and the more the students do, the more excellent their experience uh, and the more they actually own the material that they're training in. So students love activities and practice, and they really, you know, the idea of a sage on a stage, um, this person, this authoritarian figure behind the podium who theoretically is smarter than the students in the audience, that's, that model, that hierarchic model of education doesn't really work anymore. Really? So you're telling me that your colleagues in these two prestigious schools like Chapman and, and Cal, many of them don't have that, that uh, perspective. They, they, they have as open of as perspective as you do relative to how they teach the students? You know, in the, uh, I haven't been in everybody's class, but many of my colleagues do have this experiential perspective. Uh, and it, you know, it, it, it's it, certainly 
those of us who teach often have wider ranges of experience and, uh, and, and many different kinds of experience. You know, just like you, I've been inside a lot of corporations. I've done a lot of corporate consulting. So when I'm teaching 28-year-old MBAs, I have a lot of pattern recognition about what goes on inside companies to an extent that they have not yet had those experiences. Uh, but it's not really hierarchical. We really treat each other as peers, and we're all learning together. We're all experiencing things together. Oh, that's great. That's my philosophy. No, no, I, I love that because, like I said, I, it's been many, many years since I've been in college, and I frankly hated school because of the fact that I, it wasn't practical. And what's ironic is I started learning. I started. I started reading more after university because I started reading books that I like to read. Right. A lot of books that they teach, and in your case, again, you you both teach business as well as art in terms of film and media. So you take that approach in, in both instances. Like, so let's say, let's give a specific example of when you, you're at Haas. So in case our listeners don't know, University of California, Berkeley, Haas School is one of the top business schools in the world. And so can you kind of share with us how you go about having your students be more active in your class with a very specific example? Well, I give them some, uh, for example, at, uh, in, at Berkeley, uh, at Haas, what I'm teaching is communications skills. How do you walk into a room? Or now, how do you walk into a Zoom? How are you within the four corners of that video space, that video room, and present crisply, clearly, effectively with, uh, with presence and command to get your point across and to bring people along with you to execute the vision that you want to share? Uh, I give people, uh, I give the students the, uh, some very specific examples, and then we immediately leap, in, leap into exercises, and we practice and practice and practice. Uh, and I do, uh, I have the same philosophy at Media U, uh, which is the new film and media education startup, which, uh, which we're doing, where we don't have any lectures. We just, uh, through online verite filmmaking, we bring the learners into the set, into the situation, and then we break it down. So it's almost like they're in an apprentice role, watching things online on video, and then actually practicing them and then bringing them back into the online learning space. Practice, it's all, it's really, it's all about doing. You know, I think it's, it's more about doing than about listening or, uh, in this case, reading. No, that's great. I wish I had you as a professor. I mean, in the, in the Google world, Google has a term called rapid prototyping, where they literally just mm -hmm. say, let's just rapid prototype it. So they have a, a book came yeah. out called Sprint. But I encourage your listeners mm -hmm. to, to read that book and to do what you're doing. So let's get into yeah, more specifics. So, yeah, so let's get into more specific, Adam. So you mentioned, what's, so let's say you teach one of your MBA students, hey, you know, this is how you communicate on Zoom. So what specifically do you encourage them to do? Well, uh, there's a, there are a whole bunch of things, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention a couple. Uh, the first is, know exactly what you're going to say, actually have a plan. It, specifically in Zoom, which is so essential now that we are in pandemic land and will be for a long time. And uh, the idea of business travel or even in-person meetings has been drastically curtailed or maybe non-existent. There are some really simple things like, where is your eyeline? Look, you have to look at the pinhole camera at the top of your phone or the top of your laptop. So for the person who is there in the audience, it seems as though you are looking at them and actually making eye contact. Uh, you need to speak slowly enough so you can be understood even through sometimes wonky internet and because some people may not have English 
as their first language and as an added benefit when you speak more slowly, your words are more careful and you have a greater sense of control and command. While you're speaking, you need to eliminate those garbage words like, um, uh, so, you know, hey guys, all of which add nothing in terms of content and just dilute the presence of all the other words you are saying. Those are three very specific examples. Eyeline, uh, eliminating the garbage words, speaking slowly enough so you have command and authority. Those three alone make a huge difference in the presence that you have when you're inside a video conference. And that's great. Now, what about the, the artist world, the, the film world? What are some things that you, when you suggest like exercises that you do to have them dive right in? Well, we actually work, uh, we, we work with our learners uh, in the collaborative space because, and this is something that has actually been going on in the film uh, entertainment space for years. We actually make our movies in the cloud anyway. The uh, entertainment business is largely uh, COVID-19 quarantine ready. Uh, <laughs> for example, uh, I recently made a movie where the director was in Hong Kong. The, there was a producer in London. I had an editing room in the east part of Los Angeles, and the post-production facility was in the west part of Los Angeles. And if you know Los Angeles traffic, you know that the editor and the head of post-production never drove to meet each other because that would be an hour and a half commute, and why would anyone do that? So the entire movie was made collaboratively in the cloud, uh, on Skype, on Zoom, on WebEx, with files uploaded and downloaded and given comments upon. Uh, so in the same way, when we are working with uh, learners in MediaU doing any kind of work, whether it's uh, auditions or screenwriting or directing, people are collaborating in that cloud-based environment where most movies are, and TV shows and series are being made anyway today. That's great. And talk to us about the MediaU. What is that, Adam? MediaU is a, uh, is a new company that is reinventing and re-engineering film and media education globally. Our, uh, our program is certificate-based, not degree-based. Uh, the courses are transcripted with University of California. So you can take this, these courses from anywhere in the world and get grades and a transcript from the University of California, which uh, may have value to you in and of itself and also uh, stands behind the prestige and legitimacy of the program. Our trainers are all current working professionals uh, and we're very practical based. Uh, we, we don't so much teach you how to use a camera because frankly, everyone is walking around with a camera in their cell phone and pretty much knows how to use it, but we will train you how to use a camera, why to use a camera, why do you take the shot, and especially how do you work with others collaboratively when you're on a team so people want to continue to work with you. And then we are in discussions with the large platforms, so we will be concierging our top graduates to interview situations so they know where the gigs and the jobs are. That's great, Adam. One last question. Given that you've had so much experience in various fields and verticals, and movies are such a big thing because you talk about communicating and movies communicate so well, what's one movie that, that you feel like if you look at this movie, like you have this big smile on your face because it's so perfectly done as, as, as 
as good as it can get relative to your opinion, given your experience and all the various years of experience that you've had and the directors you've worked with. So what's one movie you can kind of like tell us and then kind of share with us why it's such a powerful story and, and, and how they communicate that story? You're asking me like, what is the most perfect movie? <laughs> In your opinion, wow. for a year, is, for the last this, year. This is a big question, my friend. Okay, I'm going to give you one, not from the past year, um, but from way back, and you can see it on Criterion Collection or some other channels. It's one of my favorite movies ever. It's from the early 1960s, 28 minutes long. It's called La Jetée, directed by Chris Marker. It is a complete, concise love story, science fiction story, fable about time, entirely told through still images with one very subtle, exceptional shot. And it's perfect because there's nothing that doesn't need to be there. It is completely comprehensive. And it's just, it's so stripped down and simple that it just directly conveys its message with real passion and creativity. I love the film. Fascinating, how did you find it? Uh, I've been a habitué of, uh, of rare and art house movies for my whole life. So it's just, it's just, it's what I do. <laughs> nice. That's why I asked the question, Adam. Adam, thanks so much for your time and your concise insights. How can our guests stay in touch with you and learn more about what you do? Uh, you can reach me at my website, uh, which is adamleipzig.com. And I'll spell that A-D-A-M-L-E-I-P-Z-I-G. Dot com and there's some information about me, what we do, and also a good way to get in contact with me. You can also get in contact with me through LinkedIn. Great, Adam. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.